Welcome to the She Connects podcast. My name is Susan Vandenhubel, and I am honored to be your host each and every week. This is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, that allows me to connect with women in the online space. You can learn more about me and my ministry at www.sherisesmn.org or simply tap the link in the show notes. But for now, let's dive into this week's episode. Hey ladies, welcome back to the show. This is going to be a really great episode. And like I said last week, at the end of that episode, if you listen to that episode, you know that I said coming into this week's episode on the sword of the spirit, I have a lot to say. (laughs) And I actually had to, I just had to draw the line because I like, I I have so much to say on this topic. I, I honestly felt like coming into this week's episode, I could clearly make this like just this one um, piece of the armor of God on the sword of the spirit. I could make this like a two or three part series just on this one piece of the armor. So there's a lot that I have here, a lot of content, uh, and I think that it's going to be so, so good. We are winding down this series on the armor of God. And like I said, in this week's episode on the sword of the spirit, we were just really going to do a deep dive so that we really understand not only what is the, the sword of the spirit, but how to use it. So we've been given this incredible, incredible weapon in our hand, the sword of the spirit. But what is it? What is the sword of the spirit and how do I use it in my life? We're going to we're going to unpack both of those. And I believe that you are going to be empowered and equipped to take up your sword of the spirit and wield it like the woman of God that God created you to be. Next week, we're going to cover the last piece of this series in the armor of God on prayer. And if you've been following along, you know, at the beginning of the series, I mentioned that when I teach on the armor of God, I always include prayer as part of the armor. I believe that next week's episode on prayer will awaken you to how powerful and effective your prayers are. And when we understand that prayer shifts atmospheres and moves the heart of God, we'll not want to be passive about prayer ever again. Preparing for this week's episode, I actually chuckled at myself because when I think about the sword of the spirit, like I said uh, just about a minute ago, I get really fired up. I've always been somewhat scrappy, and I think once I realized God put that in me, not to argue and debate with people, but to engage in the spiritual battle, I appreciated that even more. I leaned into that even more, and I stopped apologizing for that in me. As I mentioned in the episode on the shoes of peace, I recently went through a significant development in my health. And I remember a few different times out of my mouth, I said, I am not going down without a fight. Yes, I know what the doctors are saying. I know what they're suggesting. I know some of the conversations that that I'm having to have. And I can't, you know, put my head in the sand. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on in this episode, but I refused 
I refused to just roll over and, and just let the devil like just wreak havoc in my life and in my mind and, and to just allow my thoughts to go rogue. I, I was not going to allow him to steal my life, to steal my day. I made a decision. I'm going to get up out of bed. I'm going to pull the covers back. I'm going to get up out of bed and I'm going to show up for my life. I'm going to show up for my, for my day. And no matter how this comes, comes out, I don't, it doesn't matter what the diagnosis is. It doesn't matter. I am not going down <laughs> without a fight. And so, you know what, being on the other side of, of really understanding that God placed that sort of that fighter on the inside of me, that warrior spirit on the inside of me. I lean into that and I no longer apologize for that. And so I am grateful that God has placed that on the inside of me. And you know what? He's placed a fighter and a warrior spirit on the inside of you too. Just not me, but on the inside of you too. The Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, Take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And then in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it reads, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So we clearly see what the sword of the Spirit is. It's the word of God. It's very clear out of those two passages of scripture what the sword of the spirit is. So let's get that out of the way. First and foremost, the sword of the spirit that we are called to take up is the word of God. It's not a popular opinion. It's not a famous quote, not even a well-written faith-based book, but the word of God. Up to this point in the Armor of God series, we've covered every other piece of the armor for the Roman soldier and then applied what we read from Ephesians 6 to our lives, spiritually speaking. All of the other pieces of the armor are necessary, and we have established that in this series. But I want what I want to start with is emphasizing that without the sword, in the Roman soldier's hand, he was simply a man carrying a lot of weight, moving across the battleground. In other words, he had essential pieces necessary to be in position to win, but without his sword, the Roman soldier was like a sitting duck, defenseless. Their sword was dual-edged that had a tapered point and was his main means of attack. It was so sharp that it could pierce metal. I mean, how is that for um, like an imagery? I mean, think about that. Metal is really is a really hard piece of, of like substance, right? It, it's like hard. I mean, we think about it's kind of it takes a lot of force to be able to dent or damage metal. And that sword in their hand was able to do that, that that's how, how powerful and how sharp that is. Wow. And how we're going to apply that to our lives, spiritually speaking, when we read what the Apostle Paul tells us to take up the sword of the spirit. Wow. We have been equipped with an incredible weapon. It is suggested that the Roman soldier's uh, sword was between 20 and 30 inches long and weighed two pounds, which allowed the soldier to wield it easily with one hand. This is important to understand because remember, with his other hand, he was carrying what? What did we learn a couple of weeks ago? His shield. Yeah. So both of his hands 
were were filled with with something that was needed to engage in the battle that that he was that he was a part of in one hand he was holding his shield and in his other hand he was holding the sword oh so amazing looking back at at Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 it tells us that our sword is two-edged that it's powerful and it's effective our sword cuts through the darkness confusion exposes lies to uncover truth, knows the motives of the heart, equips us with discernment, and makes us aware of false teachings. And that's just to name a few. (laughs) I mean, I could go on and on and on what the word of God, what the sword of the spirit, the word of God allows for us. I mean, it just is incredible. I think that one of the most powerful passages of scripture that really details all of what the word of God offers us and provides for us is Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in the entire book of the Bible, Psalm 119. And as you read through that, it is all about the word of God and what the word of God your Bible that you hold in your hands, the word of God offers for you and I, what it does, what it produces in our lives. I mean, man, if you need something to study on the word of God and its effectiveness, its power and its authority and how it applies to your faith and to your life, Psalm 119, really powerful passage of scripture right there. The sword of the spirit, the word of God is powerful, effective, it's fully alive, and it's fully active. It is the only weapon the Apostle Paul mentions, which tells me that we only need one weapon, the word of God. Jesus demonstrated this when he stood against the devil in Matthew's gospel chapter four. I've kind of touched on that in a couple of other episodes, so I'm not going to go over that again here, but it's Matthew chapter four is an incredible passage of scripture where he kind of goes toe to toe with the devil and 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 withstands him in the faith. It's so powerful. But with each attempt to take Jesus off course, he responded with three words. It is written. And he was referring to the word of God. So the so the devil in Matthew's gospel chapter 4 is baiting him, he's tempting him and you know trying to take him off course. But every time Jesus responded, he said, it is written, and he was referring to the word of God. Having the sword of the spirit allows us to face our giants head on and defends against spiritual attack. And we fight knowing the end of the story. Sister, you and I, we are on the winning side of this. We're on the winning side of this, not because of of my victory, not because of your victory, but because of Jesus Christ's victory. He's already won. We know how this ends. And because of him, because of our faith in him, our relationship with him and what he has accomplished on the cross, he already won the victory. We are on the winning side of, of this battle because of Jesus Christ. The Roman soldiers had to participate in training to become skilled at using their sword effectively, and it's no different for us. We must become skilled at using the sword of the Spirit. How? One word, study. Study. As the Roman soldier had to become a student of how to wield his his sword, we need to become diligent students of the word, and it has to come from within. 
In other words, it's our responsibility. The desire and the will, it has to come from within. We, we're we not going to get too far if we think we're going to ride on the coattails of someone else's faith. We are each responsible for our own faith, and we we need to we need to take ownership of our faith. We need to we need to take responsibility for our own spiritual growth and our own faith. Yeah, we can glean from someone else, but you know what? When it boils down to it, and at the end of the day, I'm responsible for my faith. I have to take ownership of my own spiritual growth, and it's no different for you and and for other people in the in the body of Christ. It has to come from within. And I have to say that, do we ever have dry seasons where where maybe we don't feel like reading the word? Yeah, because we're human. Sometimes I have seasons like that. But you know, I think that one of the greatest things about prayer and about our relationship with the Lord is we can take that lack of motivation and that lack of zeal, that lack of, of, of desire to God and ask him to awaken us again in our faith, to breathe afresh and anew upon us and ask the Holy Spirit to awaken us in our faith again and, and put a hunger on the inside of us to place a, a desire and a want to and a zeal on the inside of us. But I also have to say that while we are waiting for that that there's there's like a an act of the will that has to that has to come from within and so maybe you know if you're having a little bit of difficulty like like physically opening up your bible maybe you need to shake things up a little bit maybe you need maybe you need to read a different part of the bible maybe you need to maybe you need to look at a different translation of the bible because sometimes even just a variation of words will will just kind of awaken you in your faith again so um you know go to the lord if you if if that is you today go to the lord and and invite him into that allow him to speak to you and maybe give you creative ideas to sort of um, switch things up a little bit. And that could be the very thing that reignites a passion and a zeal and a hunger to, to be in his word again. We've been given what we need to stand. We just have to be willing to invest the time required to become skilled. Second Timothy chapter two, verse 15 reads, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Studying the word is what sharpens us. It sharpens our spiritual senses, helping us to be alert. It doesn't happen any other way. It just simply doesn't. We we wish that we had a, a shortcut. We we could wish that we had another way or kind of a like a back door into into spiritual growth and being sharpened. It just does. It's not there. It just doesn't exist. Studying the word is what sharpens us. The writer of Hebrews tells us in chapter five, verses 12 through 14. And I just want to preface this. I don't know about the translation that you read in the Bible, but the heading over this passage of scripture in, in my Bible reads a call to spiritual growth. And I just had to interject that because it's just really reinforcing what we're talking about here, that you and I, we have been called to spiritual growth. So again, Hebrews chapter five, verses 12 through 14. There is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. 
Another translation uses the words, you have no desire to learn. You have no desire to listen. And in verse 12, you have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and does not know how to do what is right. Verse 14, solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Ooh, ouch. How many toes did I step on right there? <laughs> yeah, that's, ooh, ow. <laughs> First, I want to say that no one, quote unquote, arrives. No one will ever know everything there is to know about God, about his word, and about spiritual matters. But we are called to spiritual growth, and that doesn't happen without being a student of the word. I find it interesting that when we look back over the armor Roman soldiers wore, the other pieces actually relied upon him having the sword in his hand. Let me repeat that because that is really, really significant and really powerful. And it's easy for us to just sort of glaze over over the armor of God as we read it in Ephesians chapter six. And so I don't want us to miss that. When we look back over the armor, the Roman soldiers wore, the other pieces relied upon him having the sword in his hand. And it's no different for you and me spiritually speaking. Do we want to take a stand and stand our ground? We need we need to be skilled in the word of God. Do we want to expose lies and uncover truth? We need to be skilled in the word of God. Do we want to stand against temptation? We need to be skilled in the word of God. Do we want to avoid being entangled in sin? We need to be skilled in the word of God. Do we want to live a life honoring to the King of Kings? We need to be skilled in the word of God. I mean, it, it just doesn't happen any other way. Again, we sometimes look for a shortcut. We we might want like kind of a an, an easier road, an easier way, something less demanding upon us. But there is no other way. If we want to be sharpened, if we want to be a skilled student of the word of God, it comes no other way than to be a student of the word of God. Okay, so for the remainder of our time together this week, I want to help equip you on how to wield your sword. We've talked about what is the sword of the spirit. We've established that, that it's the word of God. But now for the remainder of our time, I, I just want to help you to really understand, okay, so I've established what it is. Now, what do I do with it? How do I wield my sword of the spirit. We're going to start with leaning into what the apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter six, verse 17, take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. All right. So I'm going to go through this next section just kind of patiently and, and slowly because uh, I don't want to become too heady for those of us that are maybe tuning in and this is a new teaching to you. You're maybe studying the armor of God or you're newer to your faith. And so I don't want to, I don't want to lose anybody here, but I just really felt like it was important for us to unpack this and unpack it really well. 
the word used in this verse in the original Greek language is rhema, is rhema. So when the Apostle Paul says, take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, his usage of the word word in that scripture in the original Greek language is rhema. And let me spell that for you. R-H-E-M-A. As a student of the word, understanding two terms used when studying scripture is really important. The first one is logos, and that is spelled L-O-G-O-S. And that just not going to give like a big extensive type definition because I don't, again, I don't want to get too heady here and, and into the weeds too much. But logos is is all of the Bible. Is, is like when, when you hear somebody use the word logos, they're talking about the entirety of, of the word of God, all of the Bible. Whereas rhema means precision or specific. In other words, like a specific verse or a promise. And we read how Jesus stood against the devil in Matthew 4. We see that he's using rhema type wording because he emphasized the power and authority of scripture. Because remember in Matthew chapter four, we've already established, he said it is written and then he followed it up with a specific um, specific scripture verse to combat and stand against the devil's temptations and against the devil's lies. So let me repeat that. Understanding two terms when studying scripture is very important. Logos, L-O-G-O-S, is all of the Bible, the entirety of the written word of God, whereas rhema means precision or specific. And we read how Jesus stood against the devil in Matthew chapter 4. He is using rhema type wording because he emphasized the power and authority of scripture because he said it is written and then he followed it up with a specific precise word of God, a a scripture. He quoted a passage of scripture. A rhema word is like a scalpel in the hand of a surgeon. And for you and I, spiritually speaking, rhema is a sword in our hands. This reinforces the importance of becoming a skilled student of the word. So when the devil comes against us, we can declare the power and authority of scripture and we can do it with precision. Oh man, I love that. Think about that. Just like, like allow yourself to sit in that and like just envision what you have been, what you have been given to place in your hand, spiritually speaking, as the sword of the spirit. Man, that is so powerful. So powerful. I always say that faith isn't denying reality. In other words, we don't put our heads in the sand and pretend that life can't have seasons of hardship, challenges, and uncertainty because that is false gospel. That is false gospel. We don't just become born again, born again, spirit filled people. And then all of a sudden we just, you know, live our lives on a, on a bed of roses and we're walking, you know, on sandy beaches and tiptoeing through the tulips the rest of our lives. That is not even biblical. That's not scriptural. But the word tells us that even in those times, we can be strengthened 
take courage and fight the good fight of faith, not in and of ourselves, of course, but through God and the power of his Holy Spirit. Without the testing of our faith, we wouldn't grow. We don't grow on the mountain. We grow in the valley. And here's the thing. I know that me saying that and you hearing that doesn't stir up warm, fuzzy thoughts on the inside of you. I mean, (laughs) it just, it doesn't, right? But it is biblical. It is biblical. The book of James tells us to count it all joy when we encounter trials. Well, when we read that, it kind of makes our mind go tilt, tilt, tilt. Like, what? You want me to consider it all joy? Well, um, what I'm going through right now isn't really stirring up joy on the inside of me. We don't think of the things, the challenges, the difficulties, the hardships, the uncertainties of life that, that is going to stir up and manifest joy on the inside of us. We, we, we don't look at it that way, do we? I, I know that for me, sometimes I feel challenged in that. But when we understand what James is saying here, we might not like find joy in the trial in and of itself, because again, faith isn't denying reality. This is hard. Life is hard sometimes. And particular seasons and valleys, they are really challenging and really testing and stretching of our faith. And so I think that what James is is saying here is we can consider all joy when we encounter trials at the possible outcome of that trial, of that testing of our faith. Is it going to go how how I may be envisioned? Will my prayers be answered in the exact way that I want them? I'm not guaranteed that. None of us are guaranteed that. But you know what? We are guaranteed that if we if we reframe what we're going through, if we reframe what we're going through and begin to see things through the lens of faith and through the lens of heaven and and really begin to magnify God in our situation and take up our sword of the spirit, the logos word of God, the entirety of the word of God and the rhema word of God, which is his promises and specific key passages of scripture, we can see, you know what? This is hard, but I know that my faith is growing. This is challenging, but you know what? I can see that it's pushing me closer to God. This is really difficult, but you know what? My prayer life has increased and it's become become enriched. This is really difficult, but you know what? I'm opening up my Bible more. I'm going to scripture more. This has been really difficult, but you know what? I'm attending church more. You know what? This is producing something on the inside of me and it's allowing me to to go really deep in in my faith and it's 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 allowing me to draw closer to God, which you know what? That is always a good thing. That is always a good thing, irregardless of how that situation is resolved, if it's ever resolved, irregardless of how my prayers might be answered. All of those things that it's producing in my life, man, yeah, I can reframe that and I can say I will consider it all joy when I have testings of my faith because you know what? It's producing something really powerful in me. I'm fully convinced that as we feed our faith and make daily deposits by being a student of the word, when difficulties come, we will have something to withdraw. If you think about your bank account, if you don't make if you don't make deposits every now and then, pretty soon you're going to go to the ATM and you're not going to have anything to withdraw. 
right? There's nothing to withdraw from. But if you're making a deposit, you know, every now and then your paycheck or whatever, however else you deposit into your bank account, when you when you need something, when you need to go uh, make a purchase or you need to go to the grocery store, you have something to withdraw, right? Well, when you apply that to, to our lives, spiritually speaking, as we make daily deposits by being a student of the word, when difficulties come, we have something to withdraw. I think that it's important for us to remember that what we go through helps us in the future when we go through something else. Because just because we we have gone through something once doesn't mean that we're never gonna we're never gonna have challenges again. I mean, that's not life, right? <laughs> that's like putting our heads in the sand and and denying reality. We're gonna go through things in this life, but you know what? We can look back and we can say, you know what? This is what God did for me in that season, at that moment, when I was in that situation. And God, just as much as he was faithful then, he will be faithful in this situation that I'm in right now. He has never failed and he's not about to start now. And so we have those deposits in our faith, spiritually speaking, to to draw upon because of what he's done for us in the past. And we can, we can withdraw and draw from those things for whatever it is that we might go through right now and in the future. This is where reading, memorizing, and thinking upon the Bible comes in. What is God speaking to you? What is God speaking to you right now? And how will you apply it to your faith, to your life, or to your situation? I I don't remember what episode I shared this a little bit. I kind of went into it a little bit further in in this. It's in this series, um, I, but I can't remember which one it was. But I talked about the importance of not just reading the Bible or sitting in in our Sunday morning services and you know nodding in agreement with the pastor and what he's speaking. That yep, that's a really good word or or having our daily our daily time with the Lord and wow that was a, a a good good passage of scripture and then we close the Bible and then we you know go out the front door and we get on with our day and we forget to take it to the next step and apply it to our lives apply it to our faith and that's the key right there yeah we need to be we need to be diligent students of the word to become skilled at wielding our sword our sword of the spirit but i think that when we are being diligent students that's uh, that's positioning ourselves to allow god to speak to us through his word but when we do what the apostle paul says take up the sword of the spirit that's what it means to apply our to apply what we're reading to our faith that wielding part is the application piece i've found that one of the biggest and most helpful choices i've made in my faith walk is declaring what god's word says about me my life my future and my situation or maybe maybe you've heard uh instead of declaration, um, maybe like confession, you know, in other words, what am I confessing over my life? (laughs) You know, when I think about, when I think about like making a declaration and, um, what I'm confessing over my life, I have to kind of chuckle because actually my mouth has gotten me into a lot of trouble in my life. And once I became a born again, Christian, I needed to yield to the work of the Lord in my life to help me overcome Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 offers us some wisdom. 
death and life are in the power of the tongue. And again, going back to the book of James, it reminds us that the tongue may be the smallest member of the body, but it is powerful. Don't underestimate how powerful your mouth is. That's Susan's commentary. The book of James doesn't tell us that, but (laughs) um, it, it is applied. The psalmist wrote in chapter uh, 19, verse 14, let the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing to you, O Lord. And, but don't misunderstand me here. I'm not talking about a blab and grab type of declaration or a blab and grab type of confession. I'm talking about it is a written, it is written type of declaration. We're, we're talking about an it is written type of confession over your life, over over your over your faith, over your future, over your situation. In not denying reality, we acknowledge that yes, this is really difficult, it's painful, I feel anxious or uncertain, but this is what God says. God, you said, you promised, and I want to come into an agreement with what your word says and declare of all, all of who you are and what you've promised what I know to be true about you over my life and over my situation, all of who you are, God, all of who you've promised, all of what I know to be true about you over my fears, over my doubts, over my questions, over my uncertainty. It's so easy to slip into partnership with those things, but once we realize it, we can say no. Why? Because as I mentioned a few weeks ago, we are not powerless people. God has not left us as power, powerless, defenseless type people. We can stand up on the inside of us. We can muster up our faith and stand up on the inside of us, stand up on the inside of ourselves and say, no, close that door and instead come into agreement with the word of God, the rhema word of God. Yes, the Logos word, the entirety of the Bible, absolutely. We need to be in agreement with Genesis to Revelation, all of the the written word of God. But when we're talking about making declarations and making confessions over our lives, we're talking about the rhema word of God, the specific, precise promises of the word of God as Jesus demonstrated in Matthew's gospel chapter four. What has God promised? Second Corinthians chapter 10 verses three through five encourages us. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. In other words, is what I'm thinking, is what I'm feeling, can I find biblical support for that? Is what I'm thinking, is what I'm feeling, is how I'm viewing my life, my future, my situation, the challenges that I'm in. Uh, Am I viewing it through the lens of faith, through the lens of heaven? Is that what God, is that what God would say about my situation? Is that what God would say about my life, about my future? Ma'am, if not, then we need to, we need to lay hold. We need to take captive of those thoughts and 
bring them into the captivity of the obedience of Jesus Christ. We need to we need to lay hold of them, take them captive and say no to them. And and not just stop there. Again, that application piece, say no to them and then replace it with what? The word of God, the Rama word of God. I'd be remiss if I didn't also include that taking thoughts captive about your marriage about your job, your health, the world, your age, and your identity in Christ, um, anything that does not agree with the truth of the Bible. You have to take those thoughts captive. You have to take those thoughts captive. And I just want to encourage you, you don't have to allow the enemy to bully you and back you into a corner. You can take from Jesus's example in Matthew chapter four and say, no, 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 It is written and then follow it up with the rhema word of God. But listen, in order for you to be able to do that, you have to study and know the word because you can't combat the lies of the enemy if you don't know the word, if you don't know how to expose that lie, if you don't know how to stand against that lie, if you don't know how to stand and stand your ground and face your giants and face them head on, if you don't know the word of God. I've created a free resource for you to download if you want some suggestions on declarations to make over your life, because I just think that it's so important and I'm just adamant about that. I've seen that the power and the effect effectiveness of opening up my Bible and and just declaring the the spoken word of God over my life, over my marriage, over my situation, over my ministry, every single area of my life when I have opened up the Bible and I have said God, I'm I'm scared. I'm I, I this is what I'm feeling. I don't know how this is going to go and I I feel anxious about this. Again, Be honest about what you're feeling, about what you're thinking. Bring that to God. Don't allow the enemy to to convince you that God doesn't care about that or that you're that you're being a disappointment to God or that he doesn't that he doesn't want to help you through that or that you should feel embarrassed or shameful. No, no, no. Don't let the enemy do that because that is a lie. Bring that out into the light. The light of God, the light of uh, of the word of God expose that to the light of the word. Expose that to the 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 scripture to the truth of the word of God and allow him to speak to you as you open up your Bible and then apply what you're reading and what he's speaking to your fear, to your concerns, to your unsettledness that's on the inside of you. And let me tell you something, what he has done for me over the last 30 years in this area of my life, God is not a respecter of persons and he can and wants to do that for you and in your life too. It is, it is proven. It is proven. There is no, there is no shadow of doubt on the inside of me. There is no wavering of my faith to believe in the spoken word of God that what he has done for me, he can and wants to do in your life. So take heart. And if you are interested in, in just some suggestions of declarations and confessions that you can make over your life, you can find that free downloadable resource along with a couple of other free resources 
by clicking on the the link to my website in uh, in the show notes. Just open up the show notes. Um, be sure that you're looking at the show notes. There's a there's a link there to to my website. You can find all the things about me, about my ministry, and stay connected to all that we're doing with She Rises by clicking that link in the show notes. But when you if you're interested in those free downloads, you can go to that link that's in the show notes. And then when you get to the website, you'll see up at the top, there will be a tab that says resources and it's a drop down menu. Click on free resources and you will see the the downloadable resources that I've made available to anyone that wants them. Anyone that's interested, they're free to you. You can download as many as you want. Feel free to share them with other people that you know that would also benefit and be encouraged in their faith. Maybe your small group, your sister, your coworker, your mom, whoever. They're they're available to you. They're free. Have as many as you want. Download them as many as you want. The other two that are on there are pieces of your identity in Christ. It's not an exhaustive list, but it is a great place to start. Download that um, if you want that. Uh, Another free download uh, resource on there is the names of God. Studying the names of God and who he is is really powerful because you really begin to understand the nature of who God is. And when you really begin to lean into that and you, you just declare that over your life, wow, that is really powerful. Again, not an exhaustive list but a great place to start. And then this download, a free downloadable resource that I'm encouraging you to take advantage of is just just some confessions and some declarations based upon scripture. They will have biblical, biblical scripture support attached to each declaration. So really what you're doing is speaking the word of God over your life, over your situation, over your fear, over your your unsettledness, whatever it might be, and just and just really speaking out the word of God, the Rama word of God in your life. So, I hope that you take advantage of of that. And if you haven't taken advantage of the other resources, I hope that you take advantage of those as well. But I hope that this that this episode was encouraging to you. I hope that it champions you forward in your faith. I I just believe that it added value uh, to to your life, to your faith. And I just, I'm hoping that it, it also helps you to really better understand not only what the sword of the spirit is, but how to wield it, how to use it. Again, next week, we're going to be looking at the last piece of the armor, and that is prayer and tapping into all of heaven's resources through the power of prayer. All right, until next week, have a great rest of your week. Stay well, be encouraged, be emboldened, and wield that that sword of the spirit like the warrior that God created you to be. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you so much for joining me this week. It was great connecting with you. Hey, would you do me a quick favor that would mean the world to me? Would you go ahead and leave a few stars and a review or even a comment? It not only means so much to me, but in the online space and the podcasting world, the more stars, reviews, and comments that a podcast receives, 
the further the reach. It ranks up a little bit higher in Google searches, which then results in reaching more women with this amazing content. So if you are blessed and enjoying, you know, just the content that you are hearing here on the podcast, would you go ahead and leave a few stars, a review, and some comments? It means the world to me. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you right back here, same place, same time, next week.